Happy Wednesday, everybody. Today is a huge slate in the NBA, and I was going to have a show with DJ and Eli going through all of the games, but the workday is filled up a ton for both of us, so we have to punt to another day. And so I wanted to take the time, though, to walk through each of these games. <clears throat> Plenty of information to share. I think some decent spots. Would love to hear from you what, what spots you think are looking good today as well. I do also really encourage you to make use of the good people on Twitter who are putting out a lot of good information. DJ and Eli's one, Brian versus the books, especially on the player prop side. Those guys are really great. And the good thing about them is it's not just picks, but it's information to help you make good picks. There's a number of others, too, who are, are great. It's certainly not just limited to those two. That's what I'm trying to do here in terms of sides and totals is not just give you picks, but give you good information. So let's walk through these games and see what we've got for today. First up, we have Philadelphia and Cleveland. Philadelphia is now minus four, and there's actually a minus 105 on that out there. Total 219 or 219 and a half. Philadelphia has had three straight bad offensive games. I mean, 110, I guess, isn't too terrible, but 110, 104, and 100. Because I say it's bad because since James Harden, James Hart, wow, this is where I'm at with work and, and my mental space today. But <laughs> since James Harden came, they'd put up 120 plus and five out of six. So to have three in a row that are 110 or under, to me, is just not very good for the way that they started. And it's going to be interesting to watch this team moving forward to see if they can rebound and up their offensive production again or if they continue to struggle. Their defense has mostly been holding people under 115, though they did give up 119 to Cleveland on March 4th. So in this specific matchup, they gave up a lot more than that. But I think that this is likely to be a little bit lower scoring game. Philadelphia really needs to get some wins. Philadelphia is in danger of falling out of the top four. On the other hand, Cleveland is only one game up for the sixth spot in the East, which obviously keeps them out of the play-in tournament, so that's a big deal for them as well. But and, and I'm a little bit, I'm not a huge fan of the narrative of, you know, do teams need to try or not? There are teams that aren't good who are, are not going to make the playoffs who sometimes show up and play well. But I think it's at least worth kind of noting the situation they're in, not for a specific game, but more general trajectory. Are these teams that need to be really engaged or not? And I would say these are both teams that need to be really engaged. Cleveland, since Jared Allen's been out, uh, it just makes them, they need big nights from Darius Garland and Evan Mobley every night to compete now, I think. Um, they've scored under 110 and seven out of their last 10, and three of those games they scored under 100. So their offense just has not been clicking. Or it's not that it's not clicking, they just don't have as many weapons. Their defense has been really up and down. Uh, Philadelphia has been better on the road over their last 14 games. Their offensive rating is a little bit, is 3.9 points better on the road than at home. And their defensive rating is about 5.3 points better on the road. So this is generally a good spot for them in terms of not being at home. And Cleveland has been a little bit worse at home without getting specifically into all the numbers, especially offensively. Defensively, they've been pretty good at home, but offensively, they've struggled. So the last time these two teams played, 
the the final was 125-119. But if you go look at the box score, both teams shot over their average, both from the field and from three-point range. I don't expect this to be as high scoring of a game as that. I think that was a little bit of an anomaly. I do think Philadelphia has the potential to put up those kind of points. Cleveland does too, but I think only sporadically. So I line this game at Philly 114, Cleveland 107, which would say to me there's a little bit of value on the spread for Philadelphia. And then, you know, the total I have going over, but by a point. So not much value for me there. Uh, I did put one unit on Philadelphia minus four. I think that's a decent look, but it looks like maybe, I don't know, you might even get three and a half at some point, depending on how things move here. So something to pay attention to. Next up, we have Atlanta at Charlotte. This is a game between two teams that are really needing to win. They're pretty much bound to wind up in the 9 and 10 spots, but they need to solidify that. Uh, Again, they'd have to have a major collapse not to. uh, But also, moving up is not a huge possibility. But between the two of them, they are jockeying for that 9 and 10 position. And so the games against each other do matter a little bit, I think. John Collins is going to be out in this one, and that does change the the shape of the game. Atlanta's offensive rating is actually almost seven points better when Collins is out, but their defensive rating is over five points worse. So what that says to me is that this is a potential spot to hit the over on this total. Both of these teams have been doing pretty well scoring. Atlanta's had four straight games where they've scored 112 or more, which isn't a ton, But their offensive production has been a little bit better than it was earlier in the season. Uh, On the defensive side, they've allowed 120 or more in two out of their last three. I know that's a small sample size, but just to say recently here, they're not stopping people. Where Charlotte on the other side has now put up 119 or more in five out of their last six. And the one where they didn't was against Boston, who we know is going to limit most teams. So Charlotte is a team that I am always pretty hesitant to back because I feel like they're very inconsistent and their effort is very inconsistent. But I think that's true of Atlanta as well. Atlanta's another team that I really don't trust. And one of the things that I do think has been true with Charlotte this year is there are times where they get on a little bit of a run and they play well for a stretch and then eventually it falls off. But they get on a little bit of a run and I think that might be the case right now. They've played a little bit better here lately. Um. They have allowed 115 points in seven out of their last eight, so they're playing better on offense, but they are giving up a lot of points as well. But they've played pretty good competition. In the last nine, their only losses came to Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Boston. I mean, who could fault them for losses to those three teams? Um, Their offensive rating has been 119.4 on one day of rest over their last 14, so really strong. Atlanta's has actually been 121.8 on one day of rest. So really strong offensive rating for both of these teams. They've already played three times this year, and Charlotte's two and one. Their wins by were twenty were by twenty four and ten. Their loss was only by three. So I actually think there's a little bit of something there. You know, in a specific matchup when we've already seen them play three times, and two of them were you know blowout or close to blowout wins for one team, and the other one was closely contested. That makes me feel like it's not a bad matchup for Charlotte specifically. So I line this game at Charlotte 125, Atlanta 121. So I do see it being pretty high scoring. Uh, Right now, the total is set at 240. I think I like the over there okay. I don't remember. I may have bet that already. 
But I also do like Charlotte. You can actually, I took them at minus one and a half, but you can get them at plus one right now. <clears throat> so obviously I wish I had waited given that line movement. But I, I think this is a decent matchup for Charlotte. They are inconsistent. But in this game, I, th- I think it's you know, a reasonably good spot for them. Next up, we have Denver at Washington. Denver is up to, well, minus six and a half in some places. You might still be able to get, yeah, there's minus six out there, but minus six or minus six and a half. The total's at about 229 for this game. The trends do favor Washington here. I haven't been talking about trends as much, and I'm not going to lay them all out here, but that's the one thing that would point me toward Washington in this matchup. Um, Denver's been the better team for sure. I mean, Washington's been straight up terrible lately. The only thing you could say about Washington is that their offensive rating has been pretty good at home. 119.9 over the last 14, where it's only 111.6 on the road, but their defensive rating has been 120.2, so pretty terrible. Washington just hasn't shown up for a lot of games. I don't know how much motivation they have. Maybe there's a game here and there where for some reason they are motivated, but they're not making the, uh, I should check that. I was just going to say they're not making the playoffs. And then I thought I should double check to make sure that's, uh, that's accurate. Let's see here. Sorry. Oh, Washington's 11th right now, but the problem is they're, Four games behind the Hornets for the 10th spot. So, I, yeah, that's right. They're they're not going to make the playoffs. Not a lot to play for for them. Um, Denver's scoring has been somewhat inconsistent, but they have scored 114 or more in eight out of the last 10. They've also allowed 110 or more in eight of the last 11. So playing higher scoring games. Um, they have lost to most of the good teams they've faced, but really taking care of the teams that aren't very good. And I would put Washington in that category. Washington has scored 110 or more in six out of nine since the all-star break, but they've given up 120 in five out of nine and three straight. <clears throat> Washington's also coming home from a West Coast road trip. So even though they're at home, they're going to have to deal with that travel. They played four games in six days, and now they had one day off and are playing this game against Denver. Uh, so I do like Denver here. I actually didn't bet this because I lined this game at Denver 120, Washington 114. So I have it right around that six point difference. So I don't see a lot of value there. Total of 229, I have 234. So I do think there is a little bit of value on the over here. Potentially, Washington can shit the bed. So that's the thing you just have to be aware of is they could come out and score 100 points and then the over is probably screwed. Porzingis has scored 20 or more in six of his 10 games against Denver in his career. So I think it's not a a bad matchup for him and not a bad matchup for Kuzma. So that's where I'm going to bank on Washington, at least coming out and playing offensively, looking toward the over. Next up, we have Dallas at Brooklyn. Dallas is up to minus two and a half now. This game started out at Dallas minus one and a half, I believe. And the total is 221. This is a little bit tricky to cap we have Kyrie Irving out we have just a massive offensive output yesterday by Brooklyn in general so do they come out and have any energy today against this Dallas team it's hard to say Um, but Brooklyn does really need to keep winning Uh, they're not in a spot to be able to take a lot of games off they're in the eighth spot in the east right now they're three and a half games behind the Cavs so 
I think there is still a slight chance that they could catch them if they continue to play really hot like they have been. But they, I would assume, also want to stay in that ace spot and not drop down lower. And they're a game and a half ahead of the Hawks. So I think it is important for Brooklyn to come out and keep winning. But this will be a tough game for them. Dallas has been playing really well. They've Dallas has been scoring around 110 since the All-Star break. And it's kind of funny. They give up either 103 or 104 or 113, 114. Pretty much all the time. Not much in between. At home, Brooklyn's been scoring under 110 a lot of the time and giving up over 110 so their home court has not been kind to them however Durant's just getting back in the mix and you know we'll see if Curry plays tonight he's a game time decision right now um the splits are pretty crazy their offensive rating at home is 105 and on the road it's 115 their defensive rating at home is 123.4 and uh on the road 112.9 so dramatically better on the road lately This is a game where I'm not planning to bet this. I would lean toward Dallas here just because of a lot of those numbers I shared. And I think Brooklyn coming off of such a big offensive output uh, in their last game. And so if I was going to bet this, I would take Dallas and I would probably take the under if I was going to bet the total, but not one that I feel strongly about uh, in general. Next up is the Knicks at the Blazers. Knicks are on two days of rest here. They're eight and four against the spread overall in the year when they're on two days of rest. And they've been playing better lately. Now they've just a second. Sorry, I had to grab a drink there. Um, they they've swung back the other way where they're scoring a lot, but they're also allowing a lot. They've scored 107 or more in most of their games since the all-star break. Uh <laughs> But then they're also giving up quite a few points as well. Now, Portland, I am definitely not sold on them being anything near a decent team. They've had two games in a row where they've scored pretty well. But I put that more on the the poor effort of the teams that they played. I know Atlanta was the most recent one. and I think it was Washington before that. Two teams that I think just didn't show up because they knew Portland was bad. And then Atlanta poured it on enough at the end to get the win. But I don't have a lot of respect for Atlanta or what they're doing right now. I think Portland's terrible. When Josh Hart is your best player, you're not a good team. Now, the Knicks aren't a great team either. And so this spread just seems incredibly wide to me. I lined this game at 119-113 Knicks. I'm iffy on whether Portland can score 113 points, but the Knicks haven't been doing great on defense, so I didn't want to sell that too short. And uh, let's see what the line is here right now. Man, it's up to minus 12 for the Knicks. I can't bet that. I I don't trust the Knicks that much against anyone. Total of 222. I like the over there a little bit because of the way these two teams have been playing. But again, the alert would be the, the Blazers could come out here and score 90 points and it would be dead. So if anything, I might look at the Knicks team total over if I was going to bet anything here. Next up, we have the Lakers at the Timberwolves. And the line right now is Minnesota minus anywhere from eight and a half to nine and a half and about 241 and a half on the total. Now, I'm going to shock you. LeBron James is a game time decision. I know, just amazing news. Yeah, obviously, he's a game time decision every game. He's generally been playing lately, so maybe that'll continue. Who knows? We'll see. They've been... The reality is they've been so bad with or without him. And when he comes out and scores 50, they've won. So it's kind of a bet on, is LeBron going to score 50 or not? Because without that, I just think they're a terrible team. For Minnesota, a lot of iffy stuff here. 
McDaniels is out with that ankle sprain. It looks like he's going to be out for a while, and that does hurt them a lot. It hurts their depth. Beverly, McLaughlin, Reed, and Vanderbilt, all game-time decisions. So too much stuff on the injury report here for me to bet this. Also, Minnesota coming off that 60-point game for Cat. That's just a huge emotional high. And I could imagine them just dropping off and not coming out with a lot of intensity in this game. So this is a stay-away spot for me because of all of those reasons. If everyone got ruled in for Minnesota, maybe I would think about it. Because, man, fading the Lakers is just such a great thing to do right now. But for the most part, this is going to be a stay-away for me because of all those factors that I mentioned. Next up, we have Phoenix at Houston. <laughs> Phoenix on an absolute tear right now. They're up to minus 11 and a half now. Maybe you could get minus 11 somewhere and the total of 235 in this game. Man, Phoenix is just blowing people out. Absolute explosions offensively. 131 and 140 in their last two games. They're generally not allowing more than 115 points. They do come in here on a back-to-back. They're 5-6 and six against the spread on a back-to-back, so about 500, not too terrible. Houston, on the other hand, is coming in with two days of rest, and they're 5-7 and seven against the spread on two or more days of rest. So not great for them either. Now, Houston has scored 117 points in three of their last six at home. So this is not a team that's very good offensively. But in their last six at home, they've actually done all right. And they've only allowed 120 once in their last six at home. So the defense has been slightly better. But still, Houston's terrible. Phoenix is really, really good. Phoenix playing for that franchise record of wins. I think they're going to come out and keep trying to keep the pedal down and just blow people out. I like Phoenix first half here. Uh, I like Phoenix overall, even with the spread. Now, I did line this as about a 10-point game, so maybe the value is not there. But it's just hard to bet against Phoenix, I guess, is what I'm saying. I mean, I think it's way more likely they win by 20 than that they win by 2. So I don't hate it. In terms of the total, a little bit high for me at this point. Um, I, I lined this as about a 225, 226 total, and it's up to 235. So actually maybe a little value on the under. But the problem there is Phoenix might come out and put up 130 again. So it's just not a game where I'm interested in playing the totals because of the uncertainty of how many points Phoenix is actually going to put up. All right, we still have, I think, one, two, three, four, five more games to go. There's just so many today. <clears throat> but this next one is <clears throat> going to, and sorry about the cough, getting a little bit sick here, so we're, we're pushing through. Um, the next one's going to be quick. Oklahoma City against San Antonio. Right now, Oklahoma City, 13.5 point dogs, 231.5 total. Actually want to refresh here because Shea is a game, game time decision. He's still listed as a game time decision. Obviously, the Thunder have lots of other people out, and I'm going to make this short and sweet. I'm staying away from this game not knowing if Shea will be in because if he doesn't play, Oklahoma City is really bad. If he does play, they might be able to hang with a team like San Antonio. So at the current point, unless you have – like if you think Shea's going to play, I would take the 13.5 points. But – I think then you're just gambling on whether he does or not. And he's not one who's often listed on the injury report. So I would lean toward thinking that he doesn't play, but we shall see. All right, quick work of that one. Next up, we have Chicago at Utah. <clears throat> Utah are five and a half point favorites and the total is 223 and a half in this game. Man, Chicago's just been shitty, right? I mean, they've, I mean, right. 
I'm asking you to respond to me or something. I'm not going to be able to hear you. You can tell me on Twitter where you, whether you think I'm right or not. I've wanted to like Chicago for so long. I like a lot of the pieces. I really love Zach Levine. I love Desumu. Caruso's great. I feel like Vucevic is not man I this team it's just like if DeRozan's not hot they're screwed and Vucevic likes to stand out on the perimeter even when he can get easy buckets inside so this is just a team that I don't think plays well I don't like the way that they've been coached or something I mean it's just a team that should be better than they are and they haven't been good lately um they've scored 106 or less in three out of their last six games so not good. Um, their defense is all all over the place. We've documented how bad they are against good teams. Utah is at least a decent team. I'm not sure on the other side that Utah is a great team, though. Utah is another team that I'd probably be looking to fade in a lot of their games, especially now with Bogdanovich out. <clears throat> their offensive rating with him in is 10 points higher. And their defensive rating is 5 points better. So 15-point swing in offensive and defensive rating when Bogdanovich is out. And he's out here. So I can't trust Chicago, but I certainly can't trust Utah. You So in terms of any numbers we can look at, Utah generally is scoring around 115. They do explode here and there offensively, but that's that's the general area. And without Bogdanovich, I don't expect it to be higher than that. They have been a lot better at home. I actually was looking at betting Chicago here with six points or six and a half. I thought... All right, these are two not great teams right now who might play a close game. But Utah in their last 14, their offensive rating at home is 124.4, and their defensive rating is 106.7. It's just really good. So I I can't actually pull the trigger on betting against them. I do have this lined as a three-point win for Utah and a 227 total. But there's not enough wiggle room there for me and not a lot, enough confidence on what we're going to get from these teams for me to actually make a bet. <clears throat> next up we have milwaukee at sacramento milwaukee is some places minus eight and a half now so it's come down a little bit total of 240 and a half or 241 man milwaukee had one just okay offensive game 109 points against golden state but otherwise they've been absolutely crushing it 117 in every other game since the all-star break 120 and six out of those nine and 130 and three out of those nine, just absolutely flooring it offensively. Their defense has been consistently holding people around 111 to 115. There are a few outliers there, but I don't think that's terrible. Um, especially when you're scoring 120 plus the majority of the time, you know, you're probably playing faster paced games, getting out and running a lot. So I don't think that it's problematic that they're giving up that much. Their home and road splits have been pretty consistent in the last 14. On the Sacramento side, they've been scoring 110 or more pretty consistently since the All-Star break. This is a team that can get out and score a little bit. Their defense, though, has really been all over the place. Two of their last three, they've allowed 106 and 103, so really good. But mostly they've allowed over 110 since the All-Star break, and four of 10, they allowed 120-plus. Uh, their home and road splits are also pretty consistent in the last 14. But this, to me, is a game where, again, Milwaukee can be inconsistent, and that's problematic. But overall, they are trending very positively. They're playing really well on offense. Personally, I would stay away from this total because I actually lined it for the under. I have it Milwaukee 123, Sacramento 113. 
So that would be, uh, you know, that would be under the 240 and a half, but I'm not betting an under when Milwaukee's involved. I'm just going to stay away from it. I mean, they, they do have the potential to put up 130 as well. So that's a stay away. In terms of the spread, if it keeps coming down, I'd consider Milwaukee. Um, you know, I have a 10 point difference. It's at eight and a half, not enough for me to bet it, but I certainly do like them right now and they're playing really well. I think the first half would be another thing to potentially consider. All right, two more games. I thought we had one more. We have two more still. Boston to Golden State, really fun game here. Absolutely one that I would want to watch, although I may fall asleep <laughs> before I get to, <clears throat> but especially with not feeling great, but super fun game. Wiggins is a game-time decision, so something to keep your eye on there. But we, we kind of know the deal with these teams, right? Boston is playing great. They've gotten their offense together. They're a strong defensive team. They have a good roster composition. They're learning to work really well together now. They've really turned a corner. Um, just one of the better teams in the league at this point. I think one of the teams that you could still talk about being in the mix to win the championship even. Not the, not the favorites, but in the mix. On the other side, you have Golden State, who I still contend, if and when Draymond Green is fully healthy and they get back to playing all together and have a little bit of time put in, can still win the championship, and I would make them one of the favorites. I think this is one of the best teams in the league when they're at full strength. Now, they're still not at full strength. Draymond's coming off the bench. He's on a 20-minute minute restriction. So they looked good in their last game with him back, but I think there's still going to be some bumps along the way just because, like when Clay came back, it takes a while to reiterate great and get everybody working well together. Few things about this game. Boston's coming in on two days of rest. They're four, six, and two against the spread on two or more days of rest. They had one bad offensive game since the All-Star break, that, but that was against Dallas, and they're 113 or more most of the time otherwise. Um, defensively, it's been up and down lately, but this is a team that if they come out with the right kind of effort can definitely put on a good defensive performance. Golden State does have three days off after this game, and so I think that could help at least to get Draymond his full complement of minutes. And also maybe they come out and you know play hard knowing that if after this game they get a little bit of a break. Their defense has been inconsistent, but in the last four they played at home, they gave up 112, 109, 97, and 107. So pretty good, I would say. They've been, been playing pretty decent defense. Golden State's offensive rating, pretty much same home and road lately. Uh, their defensive rating has been eight points better at home. So again, I think this is a spot where they can come out and put on a pretty good defensive effort. I think Boston will do the same. Um, ultimately, I think Golden State is the better of these two teams, but I'm not sure they're better at this moment in time. Uh, so I lined this game at Boston 114, Golden State 115. I thought about lining it as a, a pick em at 114 apiece. So given that, with the line right now being Golden State minus one and a half, again, just not enough value there for me. They've lined it close to a pick em, which is what I think it is. If anything, I lean slightly to the Golden State side, and they're they're the favorites. So <clears throat> nothing there for me i am considering the over at 219 and a half you know i with what i just said i haven't lined to 229 but i do think both teams have the capacity to play really strong defensively so makes me a little bit hesitant you know it's just like as you're capping these games i put these numbers on them but also there are teams that you have a sense there's a wider range of outcomes than others and these are two where a really strong defensive performance is definitely within their range of outcomes. So I have to think a little bit more about whether I want to go over there. But I do 
I do think there's potentially a little bit of, of value on the over. Both these teams have been playing really well offensively lately. All right, last game up. We've got Toronto at the Clippers. Let me check here on Fred Van Vliet. He is still a game-time decision. OG Ananubi is doubtful. So it would obviously be super helpful if they could get him back, but it doesn't look like they will. Toronto's currently minus one to minus two, and the total's at about 214 and a half. This is the fifth game of a six-game road trip for Toronto, so a little bit of time away from home now. But Toronto scored 114 or more in four straight. <clears throat> Before that, they had four straight 109 or under. Toronto feels similar to me uh, to Charlotte. So Toronto gets on these great runs, and they look like one of the best teams in the league, and then they lose five or six straight. And they look terrible. And you think, what has happened to them? It just seems to be the way this team plays. And right now, I would say that it's one of those more positive streaks. They're playing relatively well. You know, they let go of the rope a little bit against the Lakers after getting that big 20-point lead in the first quarter. But to some extent, I mean, how do you get up 20 and not have a bit of a letdown? I think that's just to be expected. And I think this is a decent matchup for Toronto as well. They have a lot of size and... uh the Clippers are not good defending the paint. They've got Zubac, and that's about it. So I think it's a pretty good matchup for Toronto. Like I said, they've been scoring well, and they have held opponents under 110 points in eight out of their last nine games. The Clippers are not a very good team, and the, the Raptors have been doing this against good competition. Brooklyn twice, Detroit, who's been playing well, Cleveland, San Antonio, Phoenix, Denver. So not the best competition in the world, but decent. Um, the Clippers here are playing their fourth game in six days, so it could be a lot of basketball for them. They've scored 106 now in three straight games, so we'll see if we can make it four straight where they score 106 points. They've been pretty consistent with that. <clears throat> the positive for the Clippers is they have held teams to 112 or less in all but one game since the All-Star break, so they've been playing pretty well defensively. Got to give them their due for that. In their last 14, they have been better at home, but those numbers are really skewed. I don't think we can even look at them. They put up 132 against the Lakers, 115 against Washington, and 142 against Houston. So with a 14-game sample size overall, that's only six or seven games at home. We can't read in too much to how those numbers are coming back. I think those could be really deceptive if we do. It's possible this could be a letdown spot for Toronto after um, the good run that they've been on. But, but again, they feel like a team to me that's gaining some momentum again, and that to me seems to be how they function more than back and forth as much. I mean, eventually they probably will tail off again, but, but I like this spot for them. Toronto is one game back of Cleveland for sixth in the East, so all these games are big for them too. I mean, to get out of the play-in would be huge, so you got to expect them to come out here and give a decent effort. Where on the other side, the Clippers are pretty much locked into the eighth seed no matter what. So I line this game as Toronto 114, Clippers 106. So I definitely see value on the spread here. Uh, I took Toronto at minus one and a half earlier. I may add to that. I might wait and see if I can get a good number on the money line and not even take a spread. And then in terms of the total, I do like the over here, but I don't love it. So um, maybe we should have a bet somewhere on whether the Clippers hit 106 uh, for the fourth game in a row get some plus 1,000 or plus 2,000 odds on that, but I doubt that'll be out there. All right, that's the massive slate, everybody. Hopefully there's some information in there that you can use. Would love to hear from you. What are you seeing today? 
with this many games, I definitely don't have time to cover all the angles. And so I would love what you're looking at so that we can make some good decisions together and hopefully make some money tonight. Have a great day, and I will see you guys this afternoon and evening on Twitter.